Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 71. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And yeah, uh, pleased to be back um, broadcasting uh, live again as well, as well as uh, recording for our audio listeners and so on. Um, and as you can see, we are today in our face masks, aren't we, Fisher? Uh, we are. Yours is a very plain blue surgical face mask by the looks of it. Yep. Has it got cheap, a bit of wire across the top Cheap of and it? cheerful. Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't believe so. Is it not? No, no. Sure? Yeah, it's, it's just a normal one. Okay. Uh, I, I'm wearing one that my mum's made for me. Oh, that's very nice. It's, uh, she actually made me two. She, can you, I'm not sure if it, how well you can... She could have, she could uh, have personalised it for us for um, for actual, you know, for with our Waste of Web Space podcast logo on it or something. She could have done. Uh, so obviously she's got some, she put some stars on it, which presumably means that I'm a star. Uh, she made me another face mask. Uh, guess what that's got on it? Go on. Some anchors. <laughs> so, um, presume she also means that. Um, she's trying to call you. Well, a, she's trying to call you well, a, a little anchor. Yes, obviously we'll not we'll not go into that clearly. They're <laughs> uh, the two face masks my mother has made for me. But on on the theme of face masks, which we will take off, won't we? Because we can't have these on all episode, can we? There's no need no, for us. Take to... them off. Yeah, go on. Well, no, no. Let's leave them on for this next bit, just for the next bit, Fisher. Okay. No, I'm taking mine off. Oh come on. Anyway, so. Um, Obviously, there's, since our last podcast, there's been announcements, haven't there, about wearing face masks in shops um, and so on, and, and trying to wear them wherever you can, really. But, like, it's a bit late, isn't it? <laughs> Which uh, well, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll, I think we'll probably come on to it later on, but, uh, yes, it hasn't now been announced. Uh, and I don't know if that leads into uh, the subtitle of our episode. It, it does. The subtitle of our episode is, I can't feel my face mask when I'm with you. Are you ready? Come on, let's listen to it. We know it'll be the death of us if we don't cover up In shops, in towns, in parks, all round public transport cover up But at least we'll all be Covid free and stay healthy This I know, yeah this I know Boris said don't worry about it Boris said they don't help anyway We all knew we probably should wear them Boris said you don't need them though Oh, oh, oh I can't feel my face mask when I'm with you But I love it But I love it Oh, wear a face mask in shops now they say It's three months late though It's three months late though Oh there you go, Fisher. I can't feel my face mask when I'm with you. I think we can take them off now. Yeah, come on, let's take them off. They are, they're not the world's most comfortable things, but that said, it might actually save people's lives, so probably worth wearing them on balance, I would have said. There's, there's a lot of advice sort of circulating around about for people who wear glasses, because it, it causes your glasses to steam up as well, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I'm sure. And there's lots well, of things that cause your glasses to steam up, um, but that's one of them. what you've been doing in them. Yeah. So, I mean, one qu- one question I've got, Jimbo, is why does our introduction music take so long now? Uh, well, you know, I'm just just uh, it de- it depends on the it depends on how how long the verse is that builds up to the chorus, if that makes sense. No, no, not the songs record, just the I- initial introduction music that we play when we're coming into the re- episode. 
I was, I was oh. watching back last last time's episode. It must have taken <laughs> at least forty five seconds of our theme music. We'll give now, him... I'm assuming it's so you can then watch it on Facebook Live at the same time. I'm just checking that everything's up and running and everything. And you know, we've got to, we we kind of want to leave people hanging a little bit, don't we? You know, you know, at the start of a show, where you're good at theatre or something, you kind of have a lot of intro music, don't you? You're waiting from waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, and that's that's kind of what we're going for. Well, that's fine, but next time, can I stand off set? Because I just have to sit here like a numpty for about 45 <laughs> seconds just while the theme music's going, not really doing anything. It's only the same for me. It's only the same for me. Um, what have you been up to, Fisher? Oh, uh, a, a fair amount. It's been it's been busy. We're back playing cricket, Jimba. We are back playing cricket. First game last weekend, which we won, which is good. Yeah. And but However, that brings with it sadness. Mm-hmm. You know what sadness it brings with it? You're losing my, again. No, my, my cricket match reporting escapade is now finished it's come to an end it's come to an end i did 75 consecutive days of writing about past cricket games i covered 140 matches and wrote 56,682 words and it has finally come to an end right okay now we are playing again i can no longer write about our past glories so it was good fun though i enjoyed the i enjoyed the um just the creative process around writing and 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 you and you're glad you're back cricketing now, of course. I'm, I'm presuming, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah. I, and and have you managed to get to a pub? Because I think since I think the last episode we did was was just as pubs had reopened, wasn't it? I think. Uh, yes, I went to. I've been to two pubs. Um, we nipped out and went past a pub uh, last weekend, and we called in for a very quick drink. And also, I went to my local pub this weekend. And once again, called in for a quick, a quick drink. I've had three pints, I think. Yeah, the, the first quick drink was two pints, and the second quick drink was only one pint. So next time, I'll have to have a half and then a quarter and just keep working my way down. And you, I'll end up with you, a thimble to drink. And you're one of those people who, who were really regretting uh, doing the old dry January, weren't you? That you actually even extended out to 90 days or something like that. Well, because after the dry January, I was, I was unwell for a couple of weeks. I was suffering quite bad sort of headaches and a bad throat and various other bits. And I was not massively unwell, but I still got a bit of an issue for about four weeks or so. So I carried on not drinking for that. And then I was going to go on holiday, so I stopped drinking for the rest of the March and thought, I'll not have any. In fact, the drink that I had um, whenever it must have been sort of two weekends ago was the first drink of alcohol I'd had in a UK pub all year. And that was, of course, at the commercial. No, it wasn't. Oh. It, was at, uh, it was at the Admiral Rodney in Loxley, actually. Oh, yeah. I went, I went in the commercial last weekend. So I think I've, I've, I've gone, uh, I think that was the 12th of July. So my, my first pint was at the uh, Ye Old Mustard Pot. All right, yeah. Out in, uh, out towards well, Langset. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've not managed to get to commercial yet, but I shall be getting up there very soon. And I took Ada to um, the pub early one morning for breakfast. Yeah, because that's a kind of one of our traditions after we've played football and stuff, which football's even returning for her on Wednesday as well. But I took her up to the pub because she, re- she was desperate looking forward to her pancakes that she's not had for months and months and months. Ordered some pancakes. They don't have them on the menu because they're doing an alternative menu. Now, pancakes oh. aren't that difficult. You know, they just you just chuck them on a plate, heat them up, put a bit of butter on them, don't you? So I was well, a bit disappointed with that. She, she must have feeling, uh, been feeling a bit flat after that one. Yeah, exactly. And it it was a it was a pub that was kind of refusing to want to go in, um, after all of COVID nineteen, um, which I won't mention. You probably guess which kind of pub it was, um, but it yeah. was one that I could go to early to have breakfast, mm-hmm. which is why I yeah. did end up going there in the end. Yeah, like to do it at Weatherspoons, for example. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not being funny or anything, but you said she was looking forward to a pancake, not that difficult to make. 
well, why aren't you made us some during lockdown then? Because it was the the thing of going. No, she had it, but it was a, it was the thing about having them in the pub makes right. her feel like a big girl. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, well, she's three. I mean, to be fair, she's three now. And last time she was in the pub, she was probably only two. So I mean... curly, curly number three. Yeah. Hello to anybody who is watching, listening, um, however you are uh, getting in touch with us today, or, or, or in, consuming the podcast today. Uh, we are going to be consuming some beer, aren't we, Fisher? As we always do. And uh, what have you? Do you want to start today? Tell us what you got. Can do. I've got some Young's Light Ale. It's light traditional beer um, from the Young's Brewery, who are based in Bedford. And I'm not quite sure where I got this bottle from. Uh, it's not particularly very strong. It's uh, it's only 3.2%. So I will see how this goes. Okay. I'm not, uh, not overly optimistic about this, to be honest. It's got a picture of a ram on the top of it. So yeah, there we go. How about yourself? Well, can you remember the name of our podcast in the last episode, the name of our episode? Nah, I can't remember. Can't remember it already. Time. I can't even remember the name of this one. Club Covid Arner it was. Oh, course, so yeah. this uh, un- it would have been a lot better if I drank it on the last episode. This is called Club Tropicana, spelt with a with a C L W B though, rather than a U in the men. Not sure why. Club Tropicana by Tiny Rebel, which is um, based in Newport, um, in Wales, of course. So there you go. Uh, so well, the- hang on. Oh, you say of course it could be Newport based on the Isle of Wight. Well, it says Wales, so I've I've checked that out already. Yeah, yeah but you said of course in Wales, uh, in Wales, of course. <laughs> All right, could, could just as equally have been likely to have been brewed on Newport in the Isle of Wight. Well, it's the biggest biggest town on the Isle of Wight, man. I didn't do geography at school, um, which we will be talking about school a bit later on. Actually, maybe bringing up some uh, Ecclesfield school memories, as uh, I've got a bit of an Ecclesfield alumni quiz for you. But that'll be very shortly. Um, first of all, though, Fisher. I think it's time for your show and tell. Uh, it is, yes. Um, we've not done Apology of the Week again, but never mind. And our apology, I suppose, was for missing last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a bit busy, weren't we? I think we, I think we did, did, we done 15, did we do 15 weeks on the trot. We did, and we've um, not missed a week so. for a while, have we? So, I mean, we, we were a fortnightly podcast before all this, weren't we? Yeah, and that's not a podcast about fortnight. That's just <laughs> once every 14 days we were podcasting. We'd be much. a lot more popular if it were about fortnight. Yeah. Yeah, because we used to put our podcast up as the the WoWs podcast. People used to do with World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> when we first started out. Very there disappointing for those people, weren't it? Yeah. So it's show and tell time. Yeah. And uh, here is my show and tell item. It's a bottle of Tiger beer. Okay. Quite a big bottle, actually. For context, in terms of a regular size bottle and uh, the bottle of Tiger, I'm holding up my bottle of Young's um, Light Ale next to it. Um, that's sort of a 330 milliliter bottle. This is a this is a this is a proper big boys bottle. This one. This is a um, 600 and 600 640 milliliters. So more than a pint in that mm. bottle. And as a Carol Baskin tried taking that uh, bottle off you, by the way. Uh, well, yes, that's uh, that's a reference to a TV program that I don't watch. So I can't and I haven't watched and I haven't watched either. But I, I just I thought I'd be I'd be down with the kids. Netflix. Thought I'd be down with yeah. the kids because so, we are. What's the story behind this bottle of beer? Um, and obviously the. Probably the main point to notice is that it's not been opened yet. I know, suspect it's probably going to be drunk live on the next podcast on episode 72, more likely than not. So, is it that this is a bottle of beer that I bought in London recently when I had an overnight stay whilst working? I got back to the hotel and realised that I didn't have a bottle opener and therefore was <laughs> unable to drink it. Or is it option two, that this is a bottle of beer that I found in my car recently? Now, I think you might have been in my car on a few occasions, Jimbo. It's not the tidiest car in the world. But I found it in the boot of my car. Is it mine? Uh, it's not yours, no. Oh. Um, could be a third option, I suppose. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's a 
bottle of beer that I found in the boot of my car. Right. It had been there for approximately nine months-ish, and I took this with me to an Indian restaurant where I thought it was a bring-your-own-beer because they'd not got a license. So I took two of these, was partway through drinking the first one when the waiter kind of told me that they had recently acquired a license and therefore I wasn't actually allowed to drink my own beer in the restaurant. <laughs> where, where were, uh, like, so shall I go to number one? Ver- uh, can I go for reason number one first then? Yeah. Okay. So reason number one, uh, you bought this, You went to, it was last week, wasn't it? You went to London. Uh, yeah, about, about 10 days ago, yeah. Okay. Um, we've all done that before. Forgotten a bottle opener or not had one to hand or lost the bottle opener. I think I've done that even on this podcast before. In fact, I remember in our early days of podcasting, um, when we first started back up, I actually, on a number of occasions, only had a bottle opener on my keys, which I kept leaving in the yeah. door, and then I had to keep getting up midway through the episode to go and get, get the, the bottle opener. Door, yeah. 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 Unprofessional. Um, mm. So did you not Did you not think you could open it another way? Because, you know, I've, I've sometimes had this issue and then I've sort of, like, positioned the bottle carefully on the edge of a hard surface and then whacked it to open the, the lid of the bottle or was you not that was you not that bothered to be honest and you could give it a miss i sort of got to a stage where i wasn't that fussed about it i thought about trying to i wasn't sure i was out to prize it off um i didn't particularly want to smash the bottle or cause any damage um in the hotel room annoyingly i think there was actually a bottle opener there in the hotel room but the bottle was too big to actually go into the bottle opening device it was kind of screwed onto the side of a yeah I think because this is quite a big bottle, you see. So yeah. that was what caused the problem. As we're a smaller bottle, I think might be able to fit in. Mm. We say it's hadn't quite been like near where the kettle was. Couldn't get it in there. They normally have a bar in the restaurant, though, don't they? In the in the uh, hotel, like restaurant closed, area. It was closed. Like, yeah. What kind of hotel were you staying in? Um, Lenny Henry's favourites, the Premier Inn. Ah, right. Okay. So good pillows. Good pillows. Nice, comfortable bed. Um, yeah. Some. I think I can't remember what restaurant this actually had with it. I think it, I think it's called a Time Restaurant. Sometimes you get sort of a Brewers Fair or a Beef yeah. Eater and all sorts of stuff at your Premier Inns. But yeah, it did have a restaurant, but it was closed. So I had to um, go to local local shops um, and uh, yeah, get one of those, get a drink. Mm. Which in an ideal world I would have drunk, but that's not quite how it worked. We could have done you uh, where where did you find the time sort of joke there as well? Because I just downstairs yeah. to the left of reception. Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, good point. Have you been in that same hotel? Because it is just from <laughs> left to reception. So, well done. I've been in many Premier Inns where time is yeah. there. Is there like added on restaurant to the side of it? But anyway, um, yeah. so so there was no mini bar in the room. Uh, you know, I didn't check actually. But uh, no, I don't think I, Premier Inns tend to, do they? No, it just tends to be sort of um, tea and coffee and kettles. Yeah, really small kettles as well, and they're very stingy, yeah. aren't they? With the with the, I don't know if it's Premier Inn. Or travel lodge, or both, but one of them are very, or both of them are very stingy with their tea and coffees. And I, don't, um, I can see why, because I normally take them all and take them home, even if I'm not had them. Yeah. <laughs> Paid for them, I'm having them. Yeah. Do you want, do you want a coffee, by the way, Jim? I said this beer. Hot chocolate, I've got some small cart- cartons of milk, yeah. Sugar, I've got everything. Staying in hotels, you never need to buy your own tea and coffee for home. Just take all theirs yeah. home with you. All right. So second one then. Um, where was the where was the Indian restaurant? It was an Indian restaurant you said you went to, weren't it? Uh, let me have a look. Uh, yes, it, it's, it was an Indian <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Uh, where was this? Uh, it was in Barnsley. Uh, specifically, it was toward a, a, toward a place called Hyam. If you've ever been there. Yeah. Is that is it kind of towards? Is it is it kind of towards Doddiff and Bark Green and all it, that? Yeah. 
yeah. Mm. So you um, as you come off junction 37, I think you go left towards Doyle, you go right up towards Higham at the third roundabout, went up there, okay. um, that kind of area. And it's it's a restaurant that's it's in a it's an old pub. I think it's an old pub, and it got converted into a Indian restaurant. Very nice place. Can we name uh, the restaurant? Um, I suppose we could, but although I suppose it might be a bit of um, advertising towards a lamb's lounge in uh, Higham Derby. Fantastic <laughs> Indian restaurants and great meals in a family-friendly atmosphere. Alan's Lounge. Alan's Lounge. Alan's Lounge. Alam. As in Alan Titchmarsh or Alan Partridge. Neither. With an <laughs> M for mother at the end of it. Alan. M, M for, mas- for masala and not N for Norman. Right, okay. Couldn't think of any. Couldn't think of it. Uh, and not N for naan bread. That's how some people might uh, say what constituency they live in. Alan. Yes, if you lived in Hallam. Yeah. This is not We tend Hallam. to take the H off things, don't we? Hotel. We do. But anyway, I, I, I think he's stalling for time here, Jim. Okay. He's not sure as uh, what's, what's, what's. <laughs> So did you, did, did you get into a bit of trouble then? Because, the, you know... Not not particularly. I don't think he was overly impressed that um, I kind of wandered in, a few drinks in sort of a, in a Roy Cropper-style handbag. No, in a, in a, I was carrying a... I, I got him in a carrier bag when I came in. Came in, and actually, on this occasion, remembered a bottle opener. Uh, very, And it was quite nice. Day. I was quite keen on a drink. But over the menus, uh, the waiter just sort of popped away straight away. I took a bottle out, opened it, started drinking it. Um, and it's quite a nice beer, Tiger. Do, do quite it, like it. It is, it is made for curries, really, isn't it? Or they are, a lot of people have it with, with the curries. Popular with curries. I think, I think that's uh, Cobra Kingfisher. And it's Kingfisher that they actually sold on the bar that I ended up drinking a pint of after supping some of my, uh, well, all of my first bottle of Tiger. Uh, as for the second bottle, I obviously didn't get a chance to drink it because it would have been a bit rude. I've been told off. The waiter just sort of said, what are you doing? Um, and I said, I thought it, I thought you weren't licensed and you bought your own drinks with you. I mean, that because we'd not been there for about four or five years, something like that, just because it's not particularly near towards where we live. But it, it's okay, it's a nice place. And we were pleased to go back there. But as I say, we'd not been for a, a while, not realised that they now had a licence and therefore... Ended up, uh, I ended up looking a bit silly, and on the uh, when it, I, I chucked this beer in the carrier bag in the boot of my car, didn't really think anything of it because there's loads of other stuff in there and what have you. And uh, when I was clearing my car out last week, uh, found the bottle shoved at the back of the boot. So when when was it that you went to the Italian uh, to the Indian restaurant? Uh, I think it was probably about uh, mid September, early October last year. So still in date then? Um, well, is it? That's what we don't know. Oh. Let's find. Let's find out when I drink it on next week's podcast <laughs> and see whether it kills me. I'm going to go. That's gonna... when the answer will be revealed. We're not revealing it now. I'm going to make my decision and I'm going to say okay. it's the second one and I think you drank it. Did, so did, hold on a minute. Before I moved on, what about Vicky? Did she take some wine with her? Your your wife? Um, uh, well, she was driving. Oh, of course. Right, okay. So, so yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she took some wine with her. Yeah. Good way to get out um, of that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, she, drank, she just drank it on the way there instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, this is a big bottle. So what she had was a smaller ladies' bottle <laughs> of Tiger, the normal one that's about about that size. That's what she had. Let, let's go with the second one. I'm going to go second one. I, at first, I thought the first one, but I'm, I've changed my mind. I'm going second one. And I think, yeah, you, you opened it in a restaurant that you thought you could drink it in, but then it turned out you couldn't because it just got the license. Mm-hmm. And you'll be wrong. Oh. <laughs> so you got it just the other week then? Go just the other week, yeah. I, uh, I didn't have. Uh, got back to my hotel room and then realised that I didn't. I didn't have a bottle opener, and was therefore unable to drink it, um, which I thought was which was very disappointing, really. And there was a bottle opener in there. There was something that I think was a bottle opener. It looked like a bottle opener, but but I it was a shoehorn. 
yeah, it could have been a Corby trouser press, I don't know. Um, but I, I tried to kind of get the bottle in there, but I couldn't get it at the right angle because I think the bottle was too big. Maybe you need so. to write to Lenny, Lenny Henry and uh, get one installed in the in, in Premier Inns for in the future. Just for if that happens. Yeah. Maybe advertise the podcast at the same time. Get him on. Get him on the show. Yeah. See what he's, see what he's up to. But yeah, that was, that was the Okay, so uh, I've got a Ecclesfield School alumni quiz for you because um, I, you know, I, I've seen that um, obviously schools are going to be going back in September, but they've just finished, haven't they, for the summer? Or they are just finishing for the summer? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All those school kids must be absolutely, really looking forward to the long rest over the summer holidays. Yeah. They've, they've worked solidly for the last two weeks. They so have. I need that time off. I'm certainly not going to say that about teachers because I know that they're in a completely different situation. They have been working really, really hard. So big shout out to all the teachers. I hope you do get some proper rest over um, the summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know a few a few dads who have got kids who are older than than Ada, and um, you know, it was school kids, of course, and and they they've just been really, really very disappointed with their child's attendance over the last uh, three or four months on the reports. I'm not happy with them at all. Um, but anyway, uh, so I thought I'd do something about school and we both went to Ecclesfield school. We are a Chapel Town podcast and Ecclesfield school is the Chapel Town comprehensive schools, isn't it? Or, you know, the, the sort of high school in the area, I suppose. Well, generally speaking, it's referred to as the Ecclesfield school because that's where it is. But uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there isn't a, a comprehensive school in Chapel Town. So most people from Chapel Town tend to go to Ecclesfield school. But a big shout out to anyone who, who went to any other school in, in the kind of local area. They used to be born in High Green as well. High Green Comprehensive back in the yeah. day. Uh, obviously, a lot of people around here might go, have been to Ulands or Stocksbridge or whatever. And of course, you know, I, I want to pose a bit of a question as well while we're doing this, because we do appreciate that not everybody would have gone to Ecclesfield School. Uh, it would be nice to uh, get your thoughts on your best and worst memories at school. Uh, so anyone who's listening or watching us, uh, if you want to write to us either after this episode or during the episode, because you can do because we're live at the minute, um, you can write to us and tell us about your best and worst school memories. Do you want to start us off, Fisher? Best memory from school? Uh, not really sure I had any, to be honest. Um Making so many wonderful friends, Jimbo, like yourself. <laughs> Worst memories from school. When you spilled water on my science experiment that time, <laughs> I will never forget that. Well, was that the oh, worst? Was that the worst memory then? Uh, possibly, yeah. I don't know. I, did... I can't really. I... I remember you got electrocuted in science once as well. No, I wasn't electrocuted. Mis- complete and utter misconception that I was electrocuted. What happened on that particular occasion? Again, in science, I had to put up with people like you who were messing around. While I was <laughs> it wasn't me, to... that one. It wasn't me. I know. I know it wasn't you. I had to put up <laughs> with people like you who were messing around. Bear in mind, I end up. I end up with an A level in chemistry. I went. I carried on studying science when I left. I got an A level in chemistry, um, and I was holding. We were doing an experiment to do with conducting electricity, and the misconception was that I got electrocuted, and that wasn't the case. Someone increased the voltage on the wire, at which point it got very, very hot, and it actually <laughs> burned my finger, as opposed to electrocuting me. So when I went, like that, it was because, not because of being electrocuted, because it burnt my finger. <laughs> now, that wasn't a particularly good quite, point at school. But quite dangerous, isn't it, for a, for a science lesson? What, were we year 10, or it must be about 14 or something, maybe? 
yeah, nine, I think. But yeah, well, I might have been ten. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably about fourteen or fifteen. So, so um, that that was like, so, so that was my best memory. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember uh, congering down the uh, French corridor, the MFL corridor, on the last day of school. Oh well, we we'd already left school and we were chased out, and that was a bit naughty, but it was still fun. Uh, were, now, the people, were the people chasing you also in a conga? <laughs> no, they weren't. They were they were the upset teachers. Um, yeah. who had already been glad to see the back of us just to see us a bit longer congering down the corridors. Um, anyway, so that was my best memory. Um, worse, I don't know really. Not sure. Many things, well, I'd I suppose. I thought, bear in mind, you asked a question that you might have had an answer prepared for it. Uh, not, not really. No, not not that bit. But I've got I've got a bit of a quiz for you based on alumni of Ecclesfield School. So, okay. are we ready for it? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so. Uh, and, and again, if you've got any famous alumni from your school that we'd like to know about, you know, that, that are really interesting, wherever you are listening from, tell us if you've got a really interesting fact about someone who went to your school, whether it be a celebrity or someone who went on to do something amazing uh, or not amazing in some cases, or someone who became infamous, then please do get in touch. We'd like to know. We'd like to know. So, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> we, would, we would not like to know if you went to school with an infamous serial killer. We just really do. We, do, we have no interest in that. So yeah. I, I think I do. But anyway... Um, so, number one, Jordan Ramos. Do you remember him from Ecclesfield School? Have you heard of him? Uh, I haven't, no. Jordan so, Ramos. So, he would have left Ecclesfield School in 2013, so sometime after us, because we left in 2004. Um, he right. left in 2013. He's a British sprinter and former gymnast. Um, he also broke the world record for what? Okay. A... The longest slam dunk ever performed from a trampoline, or B, the most lilos ran across in a swimming pool. Hmm. One of those he actually got into the world record books for. All right, okay. Well, well done, Jordan. Um, once again, proud person from from Ecclesfield School. He uh, could feasibly have done both of them, because obviously gymnastics, sort of similar sort of trampolining and doing slam dunks. But if he's, you say, he was a sprinter as well, so I think he might have run across some lilos in a swimming pool. Well, then surely your record can only be 50 metres because that's the length of the swimming pool, isn't it? So I'm going to say it was the trampoline slam dunk. Are you sure? He might have had to spin no. round on the other side. I'm going to say I'm going to say the trampoline slam dunk. Okay, so let's have a look then. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, so he he uh, got that. It was it was in it was Sky One, I think it was, who, who contacted him and, and, and asked him to, to do this challenge. And it was live on Sky One. Uh, I can't remember what show it was on in particular, but yeah, he uh, broke the world record and he held it for a number of years actually. Um, and then was it, re- was it record breakers? Was it um, possibly? Yeah, but he ended up appe- ended up appearing on uh, Blue Peter and stuff afterwards, quite you know, on and different TV shows because he held that record for for quite a while. So yeah, the next then, okay, next one then. So it's weird with world records because people must think them up and then beat and then break them. You know, somebody must have ever had a really rubbish record of that, but because nobody ever tried it or recorded it before. Somebody must yeah, have had it before. What do you think the record is for the longest ever podcast? We've done some that are, you know, an hour and a half. I'm sure that's not particularly... There is there is an answer to this. The longest radio shows are something like 14 days or something ridiculous, aren't they? But I'm not sure I don't about... know. I mean, when I was... Um, do you remember a few episodes ago, we played just a minute because Nicholas Parsons had died. He used to hold the world record for longest ever after dinner speech. I think it was about six or seven hours long, which is not, not a stupidly long amount of time. So, yeah, surely... 
even if you do break a world record, you might not necessarily be the person who's done it for the most amount of time. It's just you're the one who's had it recorded, aren't you? Yeah, true. I mean, you know, I, I've done the uh, longest slam dunk ever performed from a trampoline, but I just never had it recorded. Couldn't couldn't yeah. get the uh, old Guinness Book of Record people there. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, just didn't show off about it. I mean, exactly, yeah. Uh, number two, staying on Jordan then. Jordan also appeared with his family in British reality TV show Wife Swap in 2019. But what happened in the programme, okay? So A... 13-year-old Jordan and his younger brother spent nine hours each week training. That was their kind of normal thing to do. Uh, The swapped wife was unhappy about this and made the boy stay at home to bake cakes instead. Or number uh, two, so option 2B, just not not, not saying 2B, I'm just saying A or B. B, uh, the swapped wife had had to go on Jordan's trampoline in the garden, resulting in a fractured wrist when she fell off it during filming. Well... These trampolines can have, uh, you know, if you can see that bent thing that I've got there, which is a trampoline injury myself. So they can be quite lethal things, really. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick. I'm, I don't care what the answer is, but I'm gonna stick up with this person who had a trampoline accident and say that, that can legitimately happen. So I think they fell off a trampoline and had to go to hospital. And no. Uh, it was the first one again, yes. Yeah. So, thirteen-year-old Jordan they, and, and his brother they spent uh, quite a lot of time training, and uh, the the mother in wife swap, so the one who'd been swapped over from Jordan's mum, basically told them, "No, we're not having that. That's a lot of training. You're going to stay in and make cakes." Um, which, obviously, for someone trained to be an athlete or gymnast or whatever, uh, must be quite a, a annoying thing to happen, I suppose. But they were on the TV show, so yeah, right, okay. I know you want to become an Olympic athlete, but let you're going to stay in and make cakes. I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what you need for your future career success. <laughs> I'm going to give you some cakes to make you fat. So if you're, if you're bigger, you're going to bounce further off that trampoline, then you can break a bit, even better record for the longest ever slam dunk off a trampoline because you've got more weight behind as you bounce off it. So, <laughs> I think is that what they said? Yeah, that's, but, that's pretty much it, yeah. Um, I, I suppose on, on those programmes like Wife Swap, though, they always try and get people who are polar opposites on exactly. there to swap well, them over. And... It'd just be a bit boring if it was just a straight swap, wouldn't it? You know, And there was nothing really to to argue or, you know, fall out about. Um, the, the children have said that they want to do this. The standing mother has said, oh, yeah, that's fine, yeah. Go on, go ahead. <laughs> um, next one, then. Okay, now, you remember a few weeks back, we did a bit of a karaoke challenge where I, had to, where I stopped singing and you had to fill in the rest of the lyrics. Yes. We're going to do another one now because I thought it was pretty good. So, uh, okay. are you ready for this? Okay. So, um, obviously, we, we can't, you know, go by this feature without mentioning the Arctic Monkeys because one of them went to Ecclesfield School and that was Jamie Cook, the uh, guitarist. Uh, the others went to Stocksbridge uh, High School. And, uh, yeah, so I've chosen an Arctic Monkeys song so I couldn't find anything else sort of, you know, strange or a bit, bit unknown about Jamie Cook. Um, but I thought I'd pick an Arctic Monkeys song and you've got to try and fill in the rest of the lyrics and I'll try and point us to the bit where I'm going to stop singing. Is that all right? Is it good? Is it is it an old Arctic Monkeys song, please? I, I would say it's one that you're gonna, it, you'll know, or you'll have a better chance of. Yeah, it's one of the originals, first album. Right. We're talking first, first album. Uh, first album, uh, yeah. First album. I think I've got a chance. Anything you re- after are, that? Are you ready then? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Here's the song. You've got a bit of an intro. I'll try and point to the bit where you need to continue to to with the lyrics, and then also I come in at the end as well to finish it off, and to, you can finish off together. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Now then, Marty Bum, 
I've seen your frown and it's like looking down the barrel of a gun and it goes off. And out come all these words, so there's a very pleasant side to you, a side I much prefer, it's one that's... Laughs and jokes around, remember cuddles in the kitchen, yeah, to get things off the ground, and it was up, up and away. Oh, but it's oh, right hard to remember that on a day like today when you're all argumentative and you got the face on. Oh, well, Fisher, well done. Full marks. Thank you very much. So for those that don't, uh, you know, are, are listening from out of our area, um... The Arctic Monkeys were from High Green, weren't they, originally? I think the majority of them were. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Cook of the Arctic Monkeys went to Ecclesfield School. The others, um, certainly two of the others at least, went to Stocksbridge. And not sure about Nico Mali, who came a bit later on into the Arctic Monkeys after another one. But anyway, uh, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that, Fisher. That was good karaoke. Thank you very much. I, I tried to did I put on a good Sheffield accent like Alex Turner there when I sung. I think you did, yeah. See, I've benefit. I pre-record mine, so I can do mine a couple of times. You just have to do it on the spot. Yeah, we noticed that. And helping it, yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I never do anything like that to you, but you always seem to do it to me. Next, then. Uh, so we're going to have another little practical challenge now. When we talk about Carl Lee, a British soldier and bomb disposal expert. So in that cupboard behind <laughs> you, I have, I have, I have placed a device. Though. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. So, uh, Carl Lee, a British soldier and bomb disposal expert who was awarded the George Medal for his bomb disposal duties for defusing more than uh, more roadside bombs than anyone else during his six-month duty of Afghanistan in 2010. Okay? So, that's, that's and he's from Ecclesfield School. How many devices did he deactivate or recover? Uh, you've got two options. A? Uh, well, apparently everyone else was really rubbish at it, so I think it was just two, wasn't it? <laughs> A, 86, or B, 139? Um, oh, both are big numbers, and, um, well, whichever number it is, I think uh, well done to him, and to anyone who, uh, anyone else who's out there fighting for uh, for Queen and Country. Uh, we did very much raise a glass to you all. Um, but I think, oh, I think it's going to be the higher of the two. But whichever whichever one it is, I'm most definitely impressed. So you're going to go with 139? 139, yeah. Well done. I mean, uh, you know, this all this all started for Carl when he was de- defusing uh, stink bombs and uh, various other things at Ecclesfield School. <laughs> uh, but no, that that's an amazing achievement, isn't it? And uh, that was back in 2010. I wonder what he's doing these days. But that's Carl Lee, who, yeah, was from Ecclesfield School. Uh, yeah, I bet when he was allowed to do, when he did science experiments, people wouldn't burn him when he was doing it. He'd actually be allowed to get on with it properly and do the work that he needed to do. <laughs> Next then, Donald Pleasance, OBE. Have you heard of him before? Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. No, I haven't. Well, he's an actor who died in 1995, aged 78. He was a former alumni of Ecclesfield Grammar School when it was a grammar school. Uh, which of these characters could you credit him for inspiring? Okay. A, Dr. Evil on Austin Powers. Or B, the Daleks on Doctor Who. Well, if he died in... Ni- well, I don't, I don't know who he is. He's one of slight problems. I can't... Because Austin Powers was sort of late 90s, was it? Something like that. Mid 90s. Mid-90s. Well, uh, le- yeah, Austin no, Powers, late nineties, yeah, mid mid yeah, to late nineties, maybe early two yeah, thousands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he um, died in nineteen ninety five. Did Donald Pleasance? Yeah, which thinks not to say obviously he can't be inspired by something that happened before, but obviously there's a bit of a, a gap there. 
I do I vaguely remember something about Daleks and someone from Sheffield. So I'm going to say inspired the Daleks, but I don't, I don't quite know why. I don't. I, I can't remember this man particularly like walked around with a plunger on his head, sort of, <laughs> and sort of in a very robotic way. But I don't know. I'm going to say in, in, in inspired the Daleks. So this is an interesting one. I never knew this, but Donald Pleasance was the first actor to portray Blofeld in James Bond. Uh, right. And he was the first Blofeld who was the character who, who, who looks, well, I mean, who basically inspired then Austin okay. Powers later on. And that was in the film. So he played Blofeld in the film, You Only Live Twice. And then Austin Powers obviously came a lot later on. But that's where the kind of character Dr. Evil comes from. Um, so I could have said who inspired, who, who, who first played Blofeld or whatever. But now I wanted to kind of make it a bit more, a bit more cryptic than that. But there you go. That's interesting, isn't it? I, I never knew that one. That's yeah. kind of the thing, the fact that made me come up with this idea for this quiz today, actually, because it's something I just read earlier in the week. Um, next then, Frank Newby, a structural engineer, designed the Skylon, which was a futuristic structure that looked cigar-like in shape and gave the illusion that it was floating. I don't know if you remember this or remember hearing of the Skylon. Uh, it was in London. Uh it was made it was made for the festival of britain in 1951 but what happened a few days before the structure was due to be visited by the king and queen so it's just before queen elizabeth of course uh, yeah um, george the 6th was it i think so a yeah. one of the wires holding the structure snapped in a strong wing, uh, wind and swung into a uh, and damaged a building nearby b a student climbed up the structure at midnight and attached a university scarf to the top of it i oh, obviously the second one's not really that big a thing. I've, I want to say there was something to do with the Festival of Britain with something collapsing. Obviously, it'd be, it'd be apt that um, it was someone from our school who made that. So I'm going to say it was the first one that uh, a cable sort of snapped and it damaged the building. Not doing so well today, Fisher. No, it was, uh, it was the second one. So, uh, yeah, a student a couple of days before climbed up the structure at midnight and attached a university scarf to the top of it. Um, I can't remember what university it was now, but uh, I might be able to find out at some point. But yeah, um, and then it had to get removed, so a police officer had to climb up to, to get rid of it. Um, climb up as well. Yeah. Why did you get the kids to climb up and do it? The student. So you, you do it first time. I think round, he'd, I think he'd already gone, and obviously they didn't find it until the next day. Um, so there you go. Um, that was that was a bit of that. And, and if you want to look at that, it's a skyline. It was like a strange sort of yeah cigar-like steel structure and they could light it up and stuff like that and it was actually removed by winston churchill because it was well they say that it's because it kind of symbolized labor's socialist um ideologies and all those kind of things and winston churchill wasn't too happy with it so he uh, got it removed uh, i think it was in maybe 1952 possibly uh, next then uh, steve pete you know steve peters he is a a, a bicycle he rides a bicycle yeah um, which i think is probably a Underplaying what he does slightly, he's, he's downhill <laughs> downhill cyclist is that the correct terminology for it? Yeah, so former world champion mountain biker, uh, his yeah. career went downhill, um, but uh, but he actually had a good career outside of that. Oh, we, there you go. Um, seriously, he did have a really good career. But which of the following is true that illustrates just how successful his career was? Um, a, he had a video game called Steve Pete's Downhill Mountain Biking, which was released for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. Or B He's got his own downhill mountain biking track named after him in Switzerland. I don't know. I, I know he's well known and he's like some kind of world champion. Um, and I, I do sort of vaguely, I think I would recognise him um, because, well, he's the only person who you see around here who looks like he's a professional mountain biker, to be fair. What does a professional uh, mountain biker look like? 
was normally riding a mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought you meant just like walk, you know, in the pub sat with his helmet on or whatever, but. Uh, it, it tends to, no, he's not that stupid that he go, goes inside places wearing his cycle for no reason. Yeah. But I think, I, I have seen him inside places, he's got sort of a bit more PPE on in terms of shin guards and all that sort of stuff that you would expect sort of someone who takes mountain biking a bit more seriously to wear. So, what are the options there? His, his own track in Switzerland, Switzerland which oh, is a strange place to have a track, really, if he's not from Switzerland. Or is it, He's a world champion, though, don't forget. He is, but then why would it be named after him in Switzerland? Is my is my question. I think that if they added a game on the iPod, iPhone, and iPod Touch, and go, iPad. Going with that? Yeah, I'm going to go for the game. Well done. Good. Well done there. Very good. Yep. Uh, next then. Uh, number eight. Writer Barry Hines. Do you know who Barry Hines is? Uh, I don't know. It's the 57 varieties of his work. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he's, he's not spelt that way. Uh, I think I've spelled it right. H-I-N-E-S, Hines. I can't think of any other way to say it. Fair. Barry Hines yeah. is an alumni of Mecclesfield School who, amongst many of his other famous works, uh, wrote the story for what would be then adapted um, into the film Kez. Which of these is true? A true fact about the production of that film, Kez, okay? So, A... Two members of the cast were injured by kestrels and one member of the film crew came down with flu which uh, developed in, into a bad case of pneumonia as a result of some of the conditions the film was produced in. Or B, the actor David Bradley, who played the main character Billy Casper, was told for the final, that for the final scene, director Ken Loach would have to kill one of the kestrels used in the production of the film. Uh, David's emotional display in the final scenes show this genuine upset and anger felt by the actor at this. Have you watched Kez before? I've never seen it, no. Never, you never should seen watch it. Kez. Mm. Um, what's it about? You know what it's about. It's about a boy with a kestrel. Boy with a kestrel, yeah. I've never, yeah, I've never watched it. I don't... I've never quite not talking the, about the beer. Yeah, boy in a can of kestrel. No, I've never had the particular opportunity. I don't know whether it was when it was last on television or whatever. Suspect you can't get it on Netflix, can you? Um, too busy showing Tiger King and that sort of stuff. So I think that I vaguely remember. I'm sure I've heard something about the kestrel getting killed in the last scene. Well, that's what happened. There, there is a there is a, there is a death in in the, you know spoilers for those that haven't watched Kez, but there is a, a sad at the end when obviously the the kestrel yeah. does die. Um, guys, it's as bad as when the snowman dies. Mm. Um, I think that, yeah, I think it's the second one. So you think it was uh, the emotional scenes at the end, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the true one. But actually, he realised after that that was what he was told that they was going to kill a kestrel for the final scene. But they didn't actually do that. Uh, they uh... just they had a kestrel that had apparently been that had already died, and they used that in the scene and and. But he actually managed to get a real reaction from the actor, which is quite cruel, really. But <laughs> it's it was a little kid, weren't he? Yeah, it's quite cruel, it's really, isn't it? Yeah, but um, yeah. he found out it wasn't till after that he found out, uh, yeah, that it wasn't a real kestrel. Well, it, it was a real kestrel, but not being killed, it it, it already died. Anyway, died of natural causes. Yeah, mauled to death by a fox instead. <laughs> Number nine, Sheffield United striker. Uh, Billy Sharp, sorry I have to do this Sheffield Wednesday fans, went to Ecclesfield School. Uh, what was his total transfer money over his career? Is it A, 7 million or B, 12 million? I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't have thought it'd be particularly high whichever way because he's not how's he played for? Doncaster? Leeds. Leeds, yeah. Scunthorpe. South- Southampton? Yeah, he's played for Sheffield United. He's been between Sheffield United and Doncaster a couple of times I think but some- possibly some of that yeah. was alone. 
Um, I'm sure he played for some other teams as well. He's, he's, he's you know, he's a uh, he's been transferred between quite a few clubs over his time. Yeah. So, so I, I, it was a few years old. Well, I say he was a few years older. I think he still is a few years older than us. Um, but it was it's maybe three years older than we or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I, I can't particularly remember him from school. I don't know if you can or not. I remember him running around. I've seen him. You know, I used to see him running around Ecclesfield and and so on. Uh, right. But I can't remember him at school or anything. Yeah. Do you not remember him? He used to do conga on the uh, modern foreign language <laughs> corridor uh, both <laughs> and inspired future generations. Of, uh, 12 million or 7 million. I, th- I think it's going to be a bit lower cause I think he's, because I think he's only generally transferred around championship clubs. I think I think he's going to be lower, so I'm going to say 7 million. Okay. Well done, you're correct. 6.92 million, so I just rounded it up. Um, anyway, and then the last one then, Fisher. Okay. Um, so... Successful podcaster, radio presenter Jimbo Wilmshurst went to Ecclesfield School graduating in 2004 alongside little-known sidekick Chris Fisher. Which two subjects did Jimbo get his lowest grades in? Both D grades. Was it A, science and graphic design, or was it B, French and product design? No, I can't. Oh, let, me, let me have a think now as to what, uh, what subjects you did at school. See, you only got two Ds. Only two oh, Ds. Sorry, is that, is, is that high? What, what are you saying? Only got two Ds. Uh, no, they, those are my lowest grades. Uh, uh, yeah, as, as low grades. That's 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 not too bad. Um, for it's bad for in bad in grades. your books. Oh well, yeah, but, yeah <laughs> but for you, I mean, it's all right. Um, Thanks. I think yeah, uh, I. I think you did French, didn't you, as well? Could you could you drop could you drop your language? You didn't, you didn't have to comp, you didn't have to do a language as a compulsory. I, 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 I mean, it, it wasn't either way. French wasn't good because I you know I got I got sent out for for swearing once and you know obviously I came back in and said to the teacher, "Excuse my French." But uh, anyway, well, that's one of those things that means Celavi. Actually, is that Italian? <laughs> um, it's uh, it's uh, Irish, isn't it? Bewitched. Yeah. Um, Ah, science, obviously, you could you probably weren't that good at science because you spent most of your time dicking around, to be fair, uh, <laughs> making, a mess of my, <laughs> making a mess of my hard work. Um, product design, I can't remember whether you chose product design or not, or graphic design. I thought about doing product design, but I didn't, didn't do it in the end. I think, I, think you, I think you probably got four marks in science and, sorry, was it graphic design, the other one? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think science and uh, graphic design. How very, very wrong uh, you were, Fisher. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I did quite well. In, well, I did all right. I got a C grade in science, so just what I wanted or what I needed. Uh, got a C grade and uh, didn't do graphic design. I did product design and French, and I got Ds in both of those, French and product design. So there you go. That was a bit of an Ecclesfield School alumni uh, quiz for you. Famous alumni, of course. Most famous one being at the end there. Uh, oh, 11 famous ones and, and yourself bring it up. <laughs> the football team and its substitute. Did you enjoy that? Uh, yeah, it was well, well done. Thank you very much, Jimbo. No worries. That's uh, absolutely fine. So uh, we, 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 need, we, need to, we need to go have a word from our advertisers uh, while we prepare for our next section. With just five months till Christmas and the new year, your favourite political party are happy to unveil our official 2021 workout DVD. Yes, DVD, because we're still stuck in the dark ages, like our politics. Introducing Tories Body Transform, 
featuring your favourite Tories leading some essential fitness workouts. Dance Fitness with Theresa May. Press-ups in Downing Street with Boris Johnson. Incredible parkour with Matt Hancock jumping over two-foot-high walls. For the frailer, less mobile person, try multiple clapping styles with everyone's favourite weirdo, Michael Gove. Or go for a drive for some fresh air at Barnard Castle with Dominic Cummings. And when you just can't be arsed, put your feet up, kick back for a snooze with Jacob Rees-Mogg. Tories Body Transform, where everything we do is led by science or financial greed. So, got time for a little bit of news. Uh, again, um, there's obviously not a great deal happening because uh, this virus seems to overtake anything, doesn't it, really? Um, so, should we talk about face masks to start off with? And how yeah, that's getting us worked up a little bit. So, we've got ours, haven't we, Fisher? You know? Yeah, we've got them. Well, I've got two of them. Yeah, look, they're here again. So, yeah. it's just... you know what's annoying me? Yeah. What's really annoying me? You've got to wear, it's compulsory to wear face masks from, and it gives you a date. Sort of, yeah. For, they give 14 days before you have to start wearing them in public places. I mean, why, why, if you're saying something is urgent and sort of a matter of public health, are you not telling people to wear them now? Because it wasn't urgent, Fisher, because at the start of all this, they were saying to us, oh, it makes no difference, it makes no difference. No, I, I, can, I can sort of understand that, you know, no, no one knows exactly everything about coronavirus. It takes time to um, understand properly what's happening. But it seemed so... a fairly obvious measure to take earlier on, and, you know... Maybe a, a slight bit of government advice to say, look, this is advisable, and we'd really urge yeah. you to do it. But none of that happened in the first place. They've only decided to do it, and they want to come down hard on people now who don't do it three months later after not really giving hardly any guidance on it previously. You know, and don't forget, and during that time, they were wasting money on, um, you know, PPE from Turkey that didn't work and things like that as well. So they, you know, they were too busy, you know, not preparing properly for everything else. And it's caused a lot of deaths. Well, you know, you could say that you know there's been a lot of deaths. That you know, how, how do we know how many of those could have been pre- preventable if they had given better advice on face on on uh, masks earlier on? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think probably the key message is that it doesn't particularly stop you from getting um, the coronavirus or COVID, rather, uh, but it means that you're probably less likely to pass it on to someone else if you're in a face mask. Basically, if, if you've already got it. And you sneeze, you're just going to give it yourself again because your sneeze is going to stay contained within your face mm. mask and uh, just kind of go back into your, into your face, mm. which is not very good. But yeah, it's not a particularly very clear and coherent message. And obviously confused slightly more by the fact that Michael Gove went into a pret a Did you see it about Michael Gove going into a pret a uh, No, yeah. I didn't see that. Or as, as, the, as they were called that particular place in London, just Pret, <laughs> which I think if you... If you were around in Sheffield and you talked about going to Pret, most people look a bit gone out at you, won't they? Because they don't really have pret and around here. So go on then. A Pratt goes into Pret, and what happens? Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Well, well done. Well done, Jimbo. Press a symbol. Press a symbol. Um, he he didn't wear a face covering, and he picked up his takeaway food and well took it away. That's what you meant to do with takeaway food. And people said, well, bear in mind the guidance is you should be wearing face masks when you're going indoors, and you're not you don't know the people there. Why is he not wearing it? And Matt Hancock was asked a question, and Matt Hancock said, it's quite clear you should, when you go indoors to a place where you're eating or getting food, and there's people you don't know, make sure you wear a face mask so you don't pass on the disease to other people or get the disease from other people. Um, and then they said, well, Michael Gove did it, at which point the guidance was then, well, if it's takeaway food, you don't have to. <laughs> of course, and then of course said, not. Hang on, that, 
that just contradicts what you said earlier. And they said, all right, well, it's advisable then if you're doing it, but you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, if you've got yeah, symptoms okay. of uh, coronavirus or, you know, you know COVID-19 or whatever, um, wh- whatever you do, make sure you self-isolate, you stay at home. Um, what about Dominic Cummings who drove to Barnard Castle? Oh, no, no, that, that, well, that, yeah. he was just driving to Barnard. He was just testing his eyes. It's okay. It's just, it's the same, it's the same old story, isn't it, basically? Yes, yeah. The good, the good news is, though, that uh, apparently a, a vaccine... Yeah, or coronavirus is possibly getting a bit nearer, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, that means Donald can stop uh, Donald Trump, of course, can stop injecting himself with his disinfectant now. Yeah, didn't he put a face mask on Donald Trump and said he, he thought it was good because he looked like the Lone Ranger? <laughs> True, I'm I'm only repeating what he said. Uh, what this bonkers man said. But uh, yeah, it took him a while to get a mask on as well, and he's been sort of objecting to it, hasn't he? But uh, he's he's been seen wearing them now. But yeah, the uh, the uh, the the guys at Oxford University, guys and girls at Oxford University, have been uh, working very hard, haven't they? And uh, they say we're getting closer to a, a vaccine that's uh, come yep. through certain trials, and yeah, yeah, they, they they had spent ages getting all the chemicals together, mixing different compounds, getting it prepared. They got the vaccine just ready, and then annoyingly. One of the scientists went and spilt water all over the experiment and ruined it. You'll <laughs> <laughs> do something like that, Jim Barry. Well, see, I was just preparing you for real life, uh, the, the real yeah. life workforce back then, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it could have been, they could have had this uh, antidote or vaccine six months ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, never mind. Um, so that was that then. Uh, did you, are we moving on to the next thing? Yeah, go on, let's talk about so, the next thing. What's the next thing? Well, there's been a legal rave, hasn't there, in, in, in Bath, or Bath, however you want to say it. Um, in a bath? How big, how big was the bath? <laughs> no, it, a rave in it. It was in, it was in Bath, um, as opposed to Bath Spa, I think, which is where they've got lots of, um, obviously, hot tubs and jacuzzis and things like that. Um, but yeah, they, they had a, a massive illegal rave um, that uh, the police said was just simply too big to stop. Um I can kind of I can kind of see the point because if they go in there sort of blowing the whistles to try and disperse <laughs> it all, <laughs> just and the flashing lights, it's not going to help, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not going to. It's not going to remove the issue, is it? Yeah, quite. Yeah, if they've got all the fluorescent vests on that sort of stuff, yeah, they're, <laughs> like they're contributing to it too much. And then all of a sudden, the police helicopter comes down, shining the light around them with the. Yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think this. I think they said they would have only been able to stop it if they brought the army in to disperse a crowd for an illegal rave. Mm. I think they did say that they stopped the um, they stopped some of the road they, they blocked off some of the roads leading up to it to make sure people couldn't continue to get in and drive in. Yeah, because it's I've never I've never I've never been to an illegal rave. I've I was just about a... I was just about to ask that Fisher. That was going to be my yeah. next question. Have you ever been to a, an illegal rave? And uh, you know, I've... I'll be honest, Jimbo, I've never even been to a legal one, <laughs> let alone an illegal one. Um, but what? You can get a lot of people turn up to these. I mean, have you ever been to a festival? Um, uh, not 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 a proper one, I wouldn't say. I've been to a food festival. <laughs> yeah, I mean the old, the only one I've been to is that one you mentioned earlier on, that festival of Britain back in nineteen fifty one. Oh yeah, um, yeah, was that? No, but I, I, I've not been to a festival. But I drove past one uh, last year. Um, I was going up the A one to uh, to watch a game of cricket. Yeah, and to, there was there was an accident. You had to turn off and we ended up going past um, Brabham Park. Is it? Okay. And oh, it was absolutely, absolute, complete and utter chaos on that road. The amount of people there queuing up just to park the car in this on a field to go to this festival, the Leeds Festival. Oh, never, never seen anything. Never seen so many people there at one place. There's, there must be. I don't quite think it's hundreds of thousands go there, but certainly tens of thousands of people going to Leeds Festival. It can get, can get very busy, obviously. And there's about three thousand people at the illegal rave. Right. Which sounds like quite a lot. 
Well, they built a stage for it as well, didn't they? Did Somewhere. they? They had time to build a stage. I presume so, yeah. But I'm not quite sure how you do that in the middle of a field without anyone noticing. Yeah, very strange. Comments on it. But there we go. So next up, I've seen uh, Twitter. has been. We, we, we like a bit of tweeting, don't we? We do. Twitter has been hacked for certain famous celebrities. Um, yours been hacked? Nah, not famous enough. Um, and I won't tell what any people what my password is. Yeah, true. So, as, and, and then obviously there's there's a recovery thing, which is the name of the school you went to, but no one's ever going to guess that. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> um, what, what experiment did one of your friends ruin in uh, yeah. year nine science chemistry? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, Twitter was hacked for a lot of famous people like Jeff Bezos, um, the owner of Amazon. It was Elon Musk as well, Barack Obama. A lot of really famous people, and uh, it was advertising bitcoins, wasn't it? So it was I've been having a lot out. of emails from Bitcoin, actually. Have you? Oh well, but pe- things claiming to be Bitcoin, but I don't think it is. Yeah, perhaps you were hacked as well. Mm. But yeah, a, a lot of really important wealthy people had their Twitter accounts hacked and were trying to advertise this sort of thing about making money. Um, also, I got an email from the uh, rich prince in Nigeria. I think he'd been hacked as well because he was trying to offer me some kind of uh, lucrative deal. So I presume <laughs> that was as a result of the Twitter hack. But the interesting thing was Donald Trump. Um, you've not done your soundboard thing. The first oh, time oh, ever sorry. I've mentioned his name, and you've not gone and just disrupted me part way through. I was wait. I was waiting till you could move on, and I, then I could yeah. disrupt you. No, it wasn't hacked because I think if you remember last time uh, on on a quiz we did about misuse of Twitter, yeah. someone deleted his account, a rogue employee on the last day. Okay. I think I think because of that, his account was locked down a lot more than other people's accounts. I mean, it was very very difficult to kind of get in. Also some it's a shame. It's there. a shame that it's 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 still so easy for him to get in, though, isn't it? Yeah, that is. A, yeah, perhaps he, surely it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Is that stupid that he can't lock himself out? <laughs> of I did notice actually because when you're wearing, if you do put, well, have, have you worn your face mask much? Uh, not too much yet, to be honest. So I, I have worn mine a fair amount because one thing that annoys me quite a bit is that when I've actually been into a couple of supermarkets, I've put my face mask on because the guidance is now you should be wearing face masks in there. However, there's this nonsense as we said that. You don't have to wear it for another two or three weeks or whatever. But to me, that means you should be wearing it, so you should be putting it on because there's a risk there that's been identified. And not very many people are using it. But the annoying thing is that your facial recognition doesn't work on your phone with your face mask on. Of course. And I've, had this pr- I've had this problem before when I've had sunglasses on, <laughs> that the facial recognition doesn't work. Um, so it makes it quite frustrating. In particular, to, I was in Sainsbury's um, the other, other day. But, but when this whole thing's finished and gone back, and you know, when we're fully away from lockdown and being concerned and social distance, I'll go back to as where I belong. But at the moment, <laughs> I went into Sainsbury's and they encourage people to use an app on your phone called Scan and Go or something like that. Yeah. So it's a bit like having, when you're in Asda, do you have used the hand terminals, there's app as where you can scan all your shopping as you I've, go along. I've seen you using them before. Yes, yeah, just the way to do it. Yes, way to be in it. But you can use your phone instead using this Sainsbury's app. But you continually, every time you take your phone out, you can't unlock it now because you've got your face mask on. <laughs> so it's, is, is people going to have the similar issues with like because they've got longer hair and stuff? Which, by the way, mine is going to be going. Oh, yeah, is going to be going this week. But uh, is is that a similar issue because it is not recognizing your hair, or is it more your face it only it recognizes? Yeah, I think it's just. A, I think it pinpoints certain bits around your face because you can't. When I've tried to rescan my face ID using when I've had sunglasses on, it won't allow it it knows you've got some kind of obstruction on your vice. I suppose right. if your fringe came down quite a long way, it might say something about it, but I don't know for certain. Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, on to the next thing then, Kanye West. So, speaking of uh, presidents and so on, he's uh, started his little uh, rallies, haven't he, hasn't he, to, to become the next president, although I don't think it's ever going to get much further than, than what it is. Um, I, think we sa- I think we also said that 
four years ago about another crackpot reality TV star. <laughs> look what happened. So yeah, maybe we should be careful. Him just yet. Yeah. Uh, but he's, 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 he's said a few very strange things, hasn't he, in his, uh, in his first rally. I don't know if you've read any of this. Um, I haven't, though. He's, he's quite opinionated about um, abortion and the fact that he believes that it should be made legal and so on. And um, he said that uh, one solution is to give a million dollars to everybody who has a baby. So I don't know if that means that like, you have three kids, you get three million dollars, um, which is, is a very nice policy to have, but uh, how realistic that is, I'm... I'm not too sure. But then he also well, said, um, and I'll read you a bit of a, a, a statement of something that he, he said, um, which uh, has apparently upset his family a little bit, the Kardashians. Um, so he said, my girlfriend called, this is on This is on finding out about his daughter, I don't know if it's his first daughter maybe, or his first child. Um, my girlfriend called me screaming, crying. I'm a rapper. And she said, I'm pregnant. She was crying. My laptop screen went black and white. And God said, if you with my vision I'll fuck with yours and I called my girlfriend and said we're going to have this child so he's basically saying that he got a message from God because his uh, laptop screen went black and white um, but I don't know if that's just because he was wearing those uh, those. <laughs> we, we mentioned it in the last thing those, the sort of glasses that he was wearing those visor things that, that could have yeah. easily been the case um, but anyway so he's upset his family apparently saying that alright okay well there we go I think it's um Gonna say about Kanye West. Oh, I, don't know, I forgot now. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna mention something about him. I think he's. I think his uh, presidential campaign is probably gonna go south. To be fair, I. Uh, I can't see okay. it going much further. But, um, so yeah, there you go. That's Kanye West. And then I think the final thing to mention here is just a, a story I saw not long ago that a footballer. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think where this is. Um, but a footballer has been arrested for the sec uh, for the second time for masturbating in public. And I'm just trying to find where this is. I've got the uh, article coming up. Um, it's a footballer called Farid El Malale. Um, and he's based in, it says, a League One player. So would that be, uh, it's Alge- Algerian International. Um, it says League League One, but it, L-I-G-U-E. Is that Spanish, maybe, is it? Uh, no. A-League One. I, th- I, think, I think it's actually France. Ah, looking, there you go. Looking at the article on there. Yeah. I don't know for certain. So... For a second time. Like, how can you get caught for that twice? I mean, that's obviously a second bookable offence, so he must have got a red card after that. I um, think he's basically uh, destroyed his career single-handed there, hasn't he? <laughs> well, I, don't, I think he was appealing against the second decision. He was uh, he was asking for VAR <laughs> and uh, wanted to look at some slow-motion evidence from different angles. But, uh, yeah, they've uh, he, he's not he's gone into a bit of bother for that. But that's just a, a little story I thought I'd uh, finish on. Uh, so, there you go. Good with that, Fisher? Yes, good stuff. Let's move on shall, to the... Shall, let's go on, on. What's happened here? Let's move, move on. on to the quiz. The Waste of Web Space podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and now, if you want to see pictures of Jimbo's receding hairline or Fisher's balls, sorry, cricket balls, find us on Instagram. All right then, for sure. So, what have you got for uh, our final little feature of this episode? Well, I was intrigued. I read a news article about um, the purchase or the purchase auction of a original version of the Super Mario game uh, that was made by Nintendo, probably in the eighties, nineties, or what have you. And it sold at auction for about ninety thousand pounds. Was it? If you saw that, 
which is quite expensive for a computer game. Obviously, pretty cheap for a plumber, to be fair. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it, 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 it struck me as being quite an unusual thing to uh, be sold at auction and an interesting price on it. So I thought I'd have a look at various things that have been sold in the last you know, 20 or so years at auction that might be a bit different, a bit out there, a bit quirky, or celebrity connections and all that sort of stuff, and uh, we'll see what... See what we see. What uh, happens on the quiz? If that's okay. How many questions? Uh, ten questions, I think we've got. So, fans of which musician tried to sell fresh air from one of his concerts in 2014? The bidding reached around sixty thousand dollars. Was it Kanye West or <laughs> Justin Bieber? Oh, uh, I was think before you even gave the what? What year did you say? Uh, I think it was about 2014. It was. It was from their concert in 2014. I don't know if they tried to sell it straight after. Hmm. I don't know whether it was fresh air or it was slightly more stale air. Who knows? To be fair, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather pay for a, a a bag of fresh air than go and see either of those artists. To be to be completely honest with you, <laughs> if it was the first one, it was probably hot air, I guess. Yeah, um, um, maybe not so. But... I, I was thinking you was going to say Justin Bieber before right, okay. before you actually said the an- the possible answers. So I think I'm going to go with Justin Bieber. Okay, and you'll be wrong. It is Kanye West. The uh, the the air of your president available to buy on eBay. Um, interesting. Do you know what the first item was that was for sale on eBay? The first ever item. I do first know. Ever item. I do know this. It sold I've... for about about thirteen dollars, something like that. I do know it, but I, I, I'm, I've completely forgot. But I, it's something I've definitely heard before. Okay, it was a. Uh, do you want me to tell you, or do you want yeah, to keep thinking on. about it in case it pops back? It was a broken laser pan. Right. Okay. And someone, someone spent uh, about thirteen dollars on it for some reason. Quite sure why. But Very there we strange. go. Strange. It was a so couple. Was, I think it was a couple who started it, weren't it? Uh, I don't know. Was it originally hmm. started up as a like a review website or a travel website or something like that? I suspect that might this this might be the basis of another quiz on a future episode. Mm. So we're not going to it too much. To be fair, with some of the bonkers stuff that's been auctioned <laughs> over the years, we've, we'll probably have a part two of this at some point. So, what was sold for about eighteen and a half thousand euros in twenty seventeen? Was it a solid gold hotel from a Monopoly board, or a solid gold Lego brick? Oh, uh, both of the, whichever one it is is to sort of the normal size as well. Okay, uh, right. So, a, a solid gold. Lego brick or a solid gold yeah. hotel for Monopoly. Well, with the Lego brick, because it's it's quite nerve wracking, isn't it? When you when you are like trying to purchase something on eBay that you really want, and the auction times running down, you know there's a bit of a flurry of last minute bids, isn't there? At those kind of things. So I bet the person who was uh, obviously bidding for that was bricking it, um, hey. going for the old Lego brick. Um, and then the the hotel, um, yeah, mm, and both are very you know wantable items, I suppose, very collectible items, I'd say. But I'm going to say that I think it was the Lego brick, I think. Lego brick. Uh, congratulations, you'll be correct. <laughs> Specifically, it's, I mean, it's a brick that it will actually, it's a four by two Lego brick, and it would actually fit in a normal Lego set, and you could use it in a brick. Specifically, they were given out to employees of Lego mm. who'd reached, I think, 25 years service. Yeah, yeah. For a fairly short period i think sort of in late 80s late 70s early 80s and as a result one person who'd worked that length of period at um, lego decided to auction it off the very very rare collector's items as a result of it it's got a proper official certificate with it sort of confirm it's actually made by lego and it's whatever 
quality gold it is and uh, sold it and made uh, yeah nearly eighteen and a half thousand euros. Of course, we've shot. Of course, with shops being open and stuff back now, I went to uh, Meadow Hall the other day and uh, I was walking past uh, just, you know, where the, the Lego store is in Meadow Hall and uh, it yep. just absolutely rammed. I, I couldn't get in. The, the entrance was blocked. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, the person who actually, the gentleman who was awarded this was really, really pleased uh, when he won that amount of money uh, and he earned it from his auction. Uh, he celebrated by, um, you know, having a very passionate night with his wife he uh he got his lego <laughs> go on then <laughs> so so what formerly belonging to john lennon sold for about 14 uh, about 14 and a half thousand dollars in august 2010 was it his old bed or his old toilet oh i think i've heard this before i do know that john lennon's autograph uh sold for seven thousand pounds um I can't remember where I've seen that before, but that's quite a low amount, isn't it, considering that either his bed or his toilet has gone for 14000 But yeah, hey, John... I, mean, I, I don't know if I've got a relative um, who actually formerly had all the signatures of the members of the Beatles and sold them all to a collector a few years ago. Mm. I, I, I don't know how much money he got for it. I think it's only about £1,000, but I'll, I'll have to... I mean, the, to obviously, the, it might have been the you know a, a signature at a certain time or on a certain thing, yeah. I suppose, it might have sold for that much, but... I, I think I, I think it might be the bed because I think it might be the bed that he stayed he did his sort of um staying bed protest thing with Yoko Ono. Um yeah. I think uh, I think yeah, I think I think to keep himself entertained they had some Lego, didn't they? No, I'm yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go uh, with that one. So yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. Oh. It's, uh, it was <laughs> Uh, apparently he had a new toilet delivered and he said in regards to the old one, the people who were bringing the new toilet, he said, oh, you can take the old one away and keep it if you want. You can pot some plants in it or something if you like. Right. And as a result, uh, one of them kept hold of it and decided to sell it and say, look, this is John Lennon's old toilet. How, how do you prove it that it's his old toilet? Yeah, I mean, can can sort of like proper DNA people get in there and take some swabs? If you'd want to, really, would you? <laughs> what, what would you test it against? But it's interesting me a few years ago. Have you ever watched the program Four Rooms? For Wombs. Four Rooms. Rooms, okay. Yeah. Uh, not Four Wombs. How's that going to work? <laughs> four, there's a program called Four Rooms. Right, that okay. used to be on Channel 4. I don't know if it is still on, but it got it got four antiques experts. Yeah. And Oh, I think I do remember you'd, this. You'd, you'd take an item in, speak to the first expert, and he'd say, I'll offer you whatever you want for it. I'll offer, so I'll offer you five grand for it, and you then have the option of taking that or leaving it. And it might be the case that you go through. If if you take it, then you get get five grand or whatever. If you leave it, then you go on to the next next person, and he might he or she might give you offer you two thousand, might offer you ten thousand, might not even make you an offer at all. So you've got to try and go out at the right time. Yeah. Um. And it got one person on there, and his item was a block of wood that had been on HMS Victory, Lord Nelson's ship at the Battle of Trafalgar in, what, 1805. And you think, how, how can you prove that it came from the Battle of... Yeah, it, that was on Nelson's ship at the Battle of Trafalgar. It's a crappy piece of wood. Well, actually, it did look like a nice enough piece of wood. He said, look, there's even a carving there of a date on it, and it's yeah. before 1805. I think, well, that could have been put at any point. <laughs> and just because it, just cause, just cause it's got the word 1759 on there doesn't mean to say that it was on his, his ship sort of 40-odd years later or whatever it was. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly intrigued as to how some of these things can be proved. But there we go. So, so I've drifted off a little bit there. But uh, getting back on. So did our listeners. Anyway. It's all right. 
uh, soccer. In 2005, which unusual piece of religious material sold for around $1,200? Was it a Dorito that looked like the Pope's hat? <laughs> or was it a piece of wood that had been on the HMS Victory uh, in the Battle of Trafalgar? No. Or was it a piece of wood which had a knot in it that looked like the Dalai Lama? Oh, there's, there's all sorts of stuff like this, isn't it? With it, like, you know, sandwiches that look like someone or a bit of ham that's got God's yeah. face on it or something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Cucumber looks like Joanna Lumley or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's all a bit strange. Um, uh, but yeah, one, one of those two definitely happened and raised a surprisingly large amount of money for something that was just a complete nutter coincidence. I'd love it to be the Dorito one, <laughs> but I don't think it is. I really don't think it's the Dorito piece of wood one. Looks like the, Lama. I am, yeah. No, you're wrong. It's the Pope's out uh. of the Dorito. <laughs> I think somebody bought it because they really wanted to eat it or they just wanted to keep it. No, I think uh, it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't particularly look like the Pope's out. It's just a Dorito that just curled up at the side and um, I'll see if I can grab a picture of it. Imagine if the Pope um, wanted to wear it and or, or have a large Dorito-styled hat. Uh, I suppose if you get hungry, you can just like snap a bit off and mm. dunk it in some was it? You know, sour cream sauce and off you go. Yeah, was it, was it, was it the sort of, uh, you, you know, the different? there's different flavours of Doritos, isn't there? There's like the cheesy ones or was it the... Was it the hot ones or <laughs> that that it that it does look like a Pope's hat to be fair. Yeah. See you could you could you could put it on a Lego man. Could do, yeah. Going back to our Lego Lego characters. Um so there we go. It was um It'd be absolutely bizarrely. gutted if your dog ate it, wouldn't you? Yeah, or it just got crushed in the post. Yeah. The careless postman. Um so next up, uh, just as bizarre, what what's formerly belonging to Lee Harvey Oswald was sold at auction in two thousand thirteen for $118,000. Was it the shoes that he wore when he shot... Sorry, do you know who Lee Harvey Oswald is, by the way? I, I was going to say, is he the one that shot, shot uh, John President Lennon? Kennedy. But no, it was it was John, It was was John. President Kennedy, yeah. Shot President Kennedy, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was Mark Chapman, I think, who shot John Lennon. Um, not the Five Live presenter. Um, so, what form belongs to Lee Harvey Oswald sold at auction in 2013 for $118,000? Was it... The shoes he wore when he shot President Kennedy, or was it his wedding ring? Um, again, strange. Why someone would want that? But does a ring might hold some value and shoes? I don't know. Maybe would they've wanted to keep things like that? I don't. I don't, I don't know. Let's go. Want to buy either of them. Let's go with the shoes. Uh, you'd be wrong. It was his wedding ring. I think Good he was thought. shot himself, wasn't he, and killed. Uh, yeah, on the Jack way Ruby to his was it on the way to his trial, or yeah, yeah, yeah shot by shot by a fellow called Jack Ruby. Who um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what became of Jack Ruby. Perhaps someone else shot him, and then someone mm. shot that person, and it was just a never-ending chain yeah. of of that kind of thing. Wasn't there a there was a, a thing a few years ago, wasn't there? Um, when was it? George W. Bush was doing a news conference, a press conference, and someone took off some shoes and threw them at him. Yeah, and then that fellow got put in prison for a certain period of time, and. Then when that person came out of prison, someone else took their shoes off and threw them at him. <laughs> and he got put in prison as well. I just hope that would kind of just keep going and be for, for years and years, someone new coming Quite out. a harsh thing to be put in prison for, throwing your shoe at somebody, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's in particular a sign of being disrespectful yeah. uh, in certain places in the world and what have you. As long as you've got so, steel toe caps. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, we had people throwing milkshakes last year at uh, Nigel Farage. And oh, whatever. yeah. I know. Can't we go back to those days? That was a lot more fun. Yeah, all, all a bit different. That's, that's when politics was, yeah, you chucked a chocolate milkshake on people and people were just fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, not, not, 
But there's some places that stop, stop selling milkshakes. The only thing is, some milkshakes are expensive, though. Yeah, they so are. The one person who said it paid about £5 something for a milkshake and chucked it all over uh, Nigel Farage. Um, well, there we go. So, talk about things that are expensive. What cost $3.5 million in an auction in 2016? Was it a lunch with billionaire and legendary investor Warren Buffett? So you could say it was a bit of a buffet lunch. There you go, yeah, like that. Or was it was it a round of golf with Barack Obama? Okay. Um, I would imagine a round of golf with... Uh, but would, it, um, would it have been for charity, surely? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I think uh, generally speaking, they're not they're not that self-absorbed. They actually raise money for perhaps perhaps Warren Buffett. Perhaps the old. Uh, do you know Warren Buffett is? I've heard of him, but I wouldn't know He's, what he. He is the owner of a company called Berkshire Hathaway, who are a very very notable investments of firm. I think they own quite a large proportion of shares in Coca Cola and. He's one of the richest men in the world, and he's noted for being an exceptionally good investor in terms of some of these private equity investments that make him huge return on his capital. So I, th- I think these kind of things, he, he does charity lunches, and he'll give away some of his secrets of, um, of his, his business success. Which, to be fair, one of his business successes might be that he charges people three and a half million quid yeah. to go for lunch with him. And well, that's, uh, one of his tips is, one of his tips is uh, yeah, the first thing I'd, I'd recommend you, you not do is uh, pay three point three million pounds to or whatever it is to go to go for lunch with someone. Um, yeah. So let, let's go. I'm gonna go. I, I, I'll go with that one. I think. Okay, and you would be correct. Well done. See, it's like a slight problem there with that question is that uh, I'd originally set it up to say that uh, Barack Obama, uh, for his round of golf, he charged three and a half million dollars um, as a part of a fundraising thing for his uh, presidential campaign. But mm-hmm. well, then I realised that he didn't run to be president in 2016, so that was a bit of a stupid question <laughs> to ask, really, wasn't it? So, because uh, yeah, I, I suppose I could have put Donald Trump in there instead, but then trying to get got it. him going for a round of golf is not particularly a, a unique or special no, event, not. really, is it? No. So it's. I did see, I did hear that someone had tweeted Trump to say that they really liked uh, one of the golf courses he owns, Turnbury or Troon or which, which, whichever one it is in Scotland. And he'd messaged them back saying, I hear you quite like my golf course. Maybe when you're up in the country, I can, round a free, I can arrange a free round of golf for you. And they was tweeting him back saying, No, I think you're a racist bigot. And I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> well, thanks for the offer. Uh, and and then, then he blocked them. So. <laughs> To be fair, I don't particularly like I don't particularly like him either. But if I did get offered the chance to go and play one of his uh, golf courses, then I might actually be tempted if he was offered it out for free. Well, so there we go. You could just to find out a little bit more about the, what's going on in that head of his. Would be uh, interesting. Yeah. So there we go. Opportunity so, to right his wrongs. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually think he was going to be there at the time. I think oh, he was right. just. I don't think he was offering to, to play golf with them. There we go. So anyway, thirty of what item was sold for sold for eleven thousand dollars in twenty sixteen. Was it grapes that had matured over 14 years, or was it sardines farmed in Japan in a Japanese freshwater pond? Grapes aren't that unless you I don't know grapes to keep them that long. They would they even last that long? Surely. Uh, whereas I think with 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 sardines and stuff, you could probably do a lot more to kind of preserve them. I suppose you could freeze grapes. People do freeze grapes, and you you turn them into like they're like like turn into little like I don't know like the ice cubes. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that with. If, I think if you drink gin or whatever, or various spirits, you can freeze your slices of orange and lemon and all that sort of stuff and chuck them in the glass, and it works okay. Let, um, let's go with the sardines on this one. Ah, uh, you'd be wrong. It was some grapes. <laughs> sort of assuming you make it in some kind of wine or something mm. like that. 
But apparently, the person who bought it, he actually he owned a supermarket and just gave it out to some of the customers, let them have a taste of it and try. I don't know how big these grapes were. Mm. There we go. This came from a particular ruby red region of grape growing in France or something like that. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so anyway, three questions left. Which unusual item fetched uh, just under $400,000 in November 2018? Was it one of Stephen Hawking's wheelchairs or a pair of Oscar Pistorius's false legs? And what year was this, sorry? Uh, 2018. Uh, would he have sold them himself, do you reckon? Because I suppose, like, you know, he's had, to, he's had a lot of appeals, hasn't he? Because I don't think he's now due to be out of prison until something like 2025. I think he's appealed a number uh, of occasions and constantly had his uh, sentence um, increase. I was only reading about this the other day, actually, Oscar Pistorius and his, oh, uh, it, his trial and things like that. Uh, but I didn't read there... nothing to suggest about legs being auctioned. Yeah, nothing, nothing to say he's funded his future legal campaign by auction off, it, off, off his legs. Mm. Um, uh, uh, and the other one was what, sorry? Uh, st- Stephen Hawking's wheel- wheelchairs. And w- when did he die, Stephen Hawkins? It was around at that time, wasn't it, 2018? Was he another one from 2016 who died? That was the year when a lot of people died, wasn't it? Mm. I, can't, I can't remember. Okay, right, I'm going to go with, let's go with Oscar. No, no, why would, how much are we talking again? Uh, just under 400,000 US dollars. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah, let's go Stephen Hawkins. So, so, so we're talking potentially $200,000 per leg for Pistorius. Yeah, I don't or think... Not, I, I or, don't... or about about hundred grand, $100,000 per wheel for Hawkins' wheelchair. I think it's more likely to be uh, Stephen Hawkins' wheelchair. And you would be correct, well done. Uh, apparently, it was one of his first wheelchairs, and he admitted to running over uh, Prince Charles's feet in that particular wheelchair as well. Added value. Uh, yeah, and he also said if... Yeah, well, if to, to be fair, Prince Charles's feet were probably inflamed that much that they were just in the way. Yeah. You've seen that recently. I've seen his fingers, yeah. Yeah. His fingers. Oh, strange, isn't it? It is strange, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how he's done that. Um, actually, let's not think about it, but he's... I, I was. It, Stephen Hawking did also say that if he... Had chance, it would have also run over Margaret Thatcher's feet. So, <laughs> hold on, Stephen Hawking. So, two questions left. Um, two sisters sold a cornflake for one, $1,350 in 2008. What did the cornflake look like? Was it the state of Illinois or was it Lisa Simpson? I, I think I know this one. This is odd. And I, I, okay. I think it is Lisa Simpson. And I, I, I think I've heard this one somewhere before. I think it's. Okay. It, I look really weird if it's not, and you just yeah. made that up. But I'm sure I've heard the Lisa Simpson thing before, so let's go with it. You're wrong. Have oh. <laughs> you mixed this up with another story? Uh, no, literally, just I thought Lisa Simpson just might be something that, yeah, because of strange <laughs> hair, it might be sort of something you could get on a cornflake and look a bit uh, distinctive. I seem to have. I seem to have. I seem to have had this before. I don't know. No. Uh, yeah, it was the two sisters found a state, uh, a cornflake that allegedly looked like the state of Illinois. Bear in mind, most American states just got straight lines around the side. You just anyway, bite it into the right shape of a... Of a... I thought so. I mean, surely if you if you laid out all, all the cornflakes on your table, you'd be able to make games look like something. Mm. But never mind. Um, so, the, a lock of... Final question. A lock of whose hair sold at auction in 2002 was the most valuable lock of hair of all time? It raised over $100,000. Was it... Well, do you, want have any, do you want to have a guess first who it might have been? I was going to say, because this this is a question I used to ask when I worked in student recruitment and outreach um, All right. for university. It's a question I used to ask students when doing a finance talk, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but I did use some celebrity statements, uh, and I know that Justin Bieber's hair 
went for about £35,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's Justin Bieber's hair now that you've said the amount. So Okay, and I'll give you a clue. It's not Lisa Simpson either. <laughs> Is it Frank Sinatra or Elvis Presley? Oh, right. Oh, we're gonna. I think it's got to be Elvis Presley. You, you're right. Well done. Yes, it's both fairly famous for his hair. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in, in, um, so the students, the, 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 the sort of student finance talk that I used to do, we have we had different sort of prices for things like your student loan and you know the wage you need to earn before you start paying it back, and I kind of illustrate the points using some celebrity statements, and that's where the sort of John Lennon seven thousand pound autograph came from, Justin Bieber. Oh. 13, uh, £35,000 uh, lock of hair. And, uh, yeah, so Niall Horan, um, I don't know who did this, but he, he dropped some toast or put some toast in a bin or something, half-eaten toast, and somebody got it and auctioned that off for £4,000, a half-eaten bit of toast. Uh, so my final bit of advice to students when talking about student finance was that if they follow their favourite member of One Direction round, wait till they drop food, get it on eBay, and then they've got even more money to spend at university. Get yourself searching into the bins outside their house. And yeah. All that sort of should be fine. Good. Uh, sound advice. I'm glad you... It's all working in stream recruitment. Or nah, got rid nah, of nah. I've been moved on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so there we go. Oh, oh, did you enjoy that, Jimbo? I did, yeah. Very good. Thank you very much. Thanks. Is that, is that all? But yeah, sorry, that's all. Full <laughs> done. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you very much for listening to us today. Uh, did you uh, have you enjoyed the podcast for sure? Have you enjoyed the episode? I certainly have. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I forgot to mention as well, talking about locks of hair, that uh, there was someone who sold a lock of Che Guevara's hair at auction, and it was someone who worked for the CIA who managed to kind of obtain it whilst trying to hunt him down or whatever, and uh, got some of his hair and sold that at auction. Not sure how much he raised, but that was a popular hair sale. Oh, there we go. I'll, I'll look forward to part two of that in uh, in future episodes. Um, yes. If anyone wants to get in touch, you can do. Tweet us at Waste of Web Space or Facebook, Waste of Web Space, website, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. Plenty of ways to get in touch. Uh, if you want to share with us your best and worst school memories, uh, maybe if you did go to Ecclesfield School or if you didn't, whatever school you went to, or if you know a fam- uh, famous alumni from your own school that we'd like to know about. So can I bring Henry up again in this podcast, by the way? Yeah, go on. I've not heard much recently. No, we normally talk about Henry, don't we, every now and again. So to, just, to, just to mention Henry, who's one of our listeners, and uh, we, we normally give him a shout-out, and he's also got... There's there's a lot of funny stories about Henry that in the early days he used to say when we when we were short of content, and uh, what, what can we do, what can we do? Oh, well, Henry did something stupid. Anyway, um, so Henry went to school with one of the winners of the Great British Bake Off from a couple of years ago. And oh. it was the, I can't remember her name, it was the lady who won it a couple of years ago. Um, quite an attractive looking lady. She was a teacher, PE teacher, formerly, from the St. Albans area. Can you Candace? remember? That's the one, that's the one, yeah. She used to wear quite bright lipstick every time. She did, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so so he went to, he, that Candice, Candice, Candice was actually, or Candice, whatever you call her, was actually his teacher at oh, his, okay. his secondary school. So there you go. So, so when you said he went to school with her, it was actually a teacher-pupil yeah. relationship as opposed to yeah. both pupils at the same time. Yeah, and not quite an alumni if they were a teacher. But still, if you know, if you had famous teachers, if you had, uh, I mean, one of our teachers, our RE teacher, was, uh, is, is uh, Kate, Reverend Kate Botley. Yeah, tried to get on the podcast. She actually said she would uh, 
ring Channel 5 with some of the suggestions, didn't we? Yeah. Maybe she... we should get in touch with her again and see, see, yeah. what she, uh, see what she fancies saying. Should we do that before next episode, Si? Look, we've got these new ideas. What do you reckon? <laughs> see what she says. Because... Nowadays, now, now, now you've got a Skype and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You've got no excuse for not being not appearing on it. Exactly, yeah. We can be easily done now, can't it? And there's probably shorter things to do now that, you know, there's, yeah. they can't make much telly and stuff like that. But anyway... We had, we had, another, we had another famous teacher, didn't we? It was... We a, I think we've mentioned him on the podcast before as well, hasn't we? Is it the one who was on Big Brother? The one who was on Big Brother, yeah. Yeah. Roberto Conte, the Italian fella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, RPE teacher. Um, so, yeah... Full of it, full of it at our school. So if anyone else has got any uh, famous alumni teachers or famous people you went to school with or anything like that, or even your best and worst school memories, we'd like to know for next time. So please send us a message, get in touch however you like. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next time. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye-bye. See you later.